And welcome to this week's episode of Talent Talk. My name is Jack, and I'm here with my co-hosts Izzy and Isabella. How are you this fine, lovely week? Tired, simply pleasant. Simply pleasant and tired and stressed. That's okay. You only have like one part of this show anyway. So on this week's episode, Izzy and I had a really fun conversation with Kaleo about his upcoming article on gentrification in Oak Park. We also had a talent tune, the three of us. Well, so we had three talent tunes. And we have uh, a conversation that you did with Evie about... What did you guys talk about, Izzy? We talked about Evie's life and kind of her travel experiences because that's what we do here. So we had a bio and a travel experience with Evie. It's a jam-packed show. There's a lot of stuff going on. You went to Disneyland. You were just like, hey... I'm kind of like, you guys are on your own this week. I'm going to Disneyland, which if I could, I would have done that too. Yeah, I just, honestly, I just like abandoned people for like two days. And everybody's like, where did it go? I was like, I was in Disneyland. I'm not going to do work. Yeah, no, you throw your cares away and come to Disneyland today. Fun fact, I spent four full days there. Bam! I never went to Disneyland. She's only been to Disney World, so we have to change that by the end of the year. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. Time to get back. To the podcast, here's our conversation with Kaleo. So now it's time for our talent feature of the week, and we have the illustrious Kaleo Mark in the studio. What's going on? What's up? Thank you for that beautiful intro. Of course, of course. Today we're going to be talking about your article that came out this week on cbtalent.com. Can you give us a little bit about... Just what you were writing about, it's a surprise. Yeah, okay, so my article, I really wanted to learn more about the Oak Park community and some of the stuff that's going on. Okay. So I started learning about gentrification in the neighborhood. It all started, like, I went to the Wells Wings Women's Center, Mm -hmm. and I noticed, like, wow, there's some nice houses up here. And that's when I started learning, like, oh, some people are being kicked out. If you don't know what gentrification is, it's, like, where poor residents are kicked out because housing prices go up and they can't keep up with the rising cost of living. Yeah. Interesting. So as you were kind of creating this article, what did you learn about gentrification and what did you learn about the Oak Park community? I learned that gentrification is like a lot more complicated than I thought it was going to be. I thought I was going to like have clear answers like, oh, X, Y, and Z, this is how you solve gentrification. But it's actually a lot more complicated than I thought. For Oak Park specifically, it's really weird because, like, I used to think of Oak Park as, like, this homogenous neighborhood, but it's really not. Like, Northern Oak Park is a lot nicer than Southern Oak Park. And I usually come to school through Southern Oak Park, so I really had no idea about, like, kind of what's happening near Mm Broadway-ish area. Uh, Yeah. Well, it's interesting to see something like Old Soul Coffee, which has been there for quite a long time, but now as that strip is becoming... Uh, you know, filled with these new businesses, kind of boutique businesses, you know, prices continue to go up. It's like $4 for a cup of coffee there. Or if you go across the street to, uh, there's a, a health bar where you can get uh, acai bowls. There's also naked coffee. Naked coffee. There's all these different places, but those prices are so incredibly high. Like an acai bowl, I think is like $7. And it seems like in a neighborhood that is kind of struggling a little bit to be maintain its roots but also in a community where 
I don't I don't know. I don't I don't want to like I'm trying to tread on this relatively lightly, but it seems like there's not as much money in the you said the southern part of Oak Park. And it's interesting how much money they're putting into the northern part and it's almost pushing all of those people with less amounts of money out of their neighborhood. Yeah, that's definitely something that's going on, especially in northern Oak Park. Yeah. Um I know that a lot of the buildings, like Old Soul and that whole 40 acres mm-hmm. complex, was a plan by Mayor Kevin Johnson, like when he was still mayor. Yeah. And he wanted to like reinvigorate the community. And he thought the best way to do that was by putting these businesses in. Yeah. But it hasn't really had the effects that he hoped for. Um, have you have you been up there recently? Yeah, actually. And uh, most of us actually go that way to get to school. Oh, I'm, I'm, I can't say most, but I personally do. I go that way for school. I get my hair cut over at, by uh, Old Soul. So I'm over there a lot. Oh, okay. So you've, like, the nice new, like, condo or apartment buildings up there? Yeah. I was like, wow, I was not expecting those to see those in Oak Park. And that could be, like, my unconscious bias that I have about totally. the community. But it really just caught me off guard. I wanted to learn more about it yeah they're very modern apartments they look very like something that is almost out of like west sack i think something that looks very uh structured and they're all kind of the same with like no backyard it also harkens over to like mckinley village over uh in uh another part of east sack but it's kind of interesting to see like even over by Sac High, there's these new buildings that have just recently gone up and they look gorgeous. Like they look very pretty and it looks like there could be some great opportunities for more people to come into the neighborhood. But then you start looking at numbers and you look at how expensive those places are and it's really just kind of almost like filter. I don't want to say filter, but like getting rid of the people who have been living here forever. Yeah, so... Uh, I talked to Miss Lystrup for this article that I wrote, okay. and like, she goes to Oak Park Community like Homeowners Association mm-hmm. meetings, and she says people are like longtime people who have lived here are not enjoying some of the new prices <laughs> yeah, totally. and some of the new like how high their rent is going. Mm-hmm. Like they can't live off of it; most of their income has to go to rent, and they don't have money to go to food or like buying supplies for education for their kids. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely one of the issues. It's a really hard topic to talk about mm-hmm. because you don't want to stereotype a whole community and say, oh, I want it. It's supposed to look like this. Mm-hmm. But it's also you see all these people moving out and that's not a good thing. Yeah. Uh, didn't you talk to Evie, too? Yeah. So um, through word of mouth, someone told me because I wanted to write the article about Oak Park that Evie lived here. So I kind of just like hit her up like, hey, can I talk to you? She had some really great insight about the community because she moved here, I want to say around eighth grade freshman year because she used to live in Greece. Mm -hmm. 2010. Oh, Mm -hmm. 2010? Oh, okay. Okay, so she's definitely, because gentrification has been like more of a recent phenomenon in Oak Park. So she's been able to see a lot of it. So she had some great things to tell me. Like? Like, she thinks that... (laughs) Um, (laughs) she sees that like in oak park she told me this really impactful thing she was like um she sees the community being mirroring like the system of larger inequality okay throughout the united states and i thought that was really impactful and i kind of looked more into it and she has a great point because i looked into the history of like housing in the united states 
And during like the 1930s and even before that, when people, when after African-Americans got out of slavery, they were denied like the ability to like gain property mm-hmm. and property for a lot of people is how they gain equity. Mm-hmm. Like because housing, the housing market generally tends to go up. Yeah. And like during the 1930s, specifically under the New Deal, um, a lot of the lending practices by the federal government um, really discriminated against like minority communities and made mm. it hard for them to get houses. And I think everyone was spot on when she told me that it mirrors the larger economic inequality in yeah. the United States. One thing that you go into in your article is talking about rent control and how there's a new proposition in one of the upcoming, I think it's in the midterms, correct? Yeah. That is talking about um, kind of regulating the amount of money that each of these kind of apartment complexes and the buildings within them are going to cost. What do you what do you kind of make of rent control, and do you think that it should be a thing in Oak Park, Sacramento community? You know, honestly, I'm. I did a bunch of research on rent control, and I found arguments that are that I agree with on both sides. Um, so rent control is basically, if you don't know, it's kind of this thing where uh, city governments cap how much um, landlords can like price yeah. their properties out for. So say like the rent right now is like $1,500. Well, the city government could choose to cap that in the future so that people don't have to pay like $1,600, dollars $2,000. Mm-hmm. I personally, I don't think rent control is the best solution Okay. to people. My ideal would be that the federal government loosens regulations so that lending practices aren't so tight. Mm-hmm. I think when you rent, it's kind of this interesting dynamic where you're paying money to your landlord, but you're not gaining any equity from the house, like if you owned one. That's true. I personally would like advocate for the federal government to help people pay like down payments and like refinance their mortgages so that they could own a house. But yeah, it's a really complicated issue. And it's also interesting because it seems like they're taking, they're continuing to take out the houses in Oak Park to create these apartment complexes in the buildings. And these landlords are offering insane amounts of money, uh, insanely low amounts of money to these homeowners. And they're just taking it because they're like, Oh, this is an excess amount of money I could take and run with. And they don't realize that their property is worth a lot more than that. And you you seem to go into that in a little bit in the article, but it's interesting to see kind of the dynamics of the uh, housing versus apartment complex uh, in Oak Park. And it'll be interesting to kind of see as time continues and as this proposition goes through, if we get any sort of control on even like, buildings that can be rented out or spaces that could have housing on it for people to actually, you know, make payments on a house and create that equity. Yeah. I mean, I, I really want to do follow up articles on this specific topic. Like yeah. I want to dive del- deeper. I keep getting like teachers who come up to me and are saying, Oh, this is also something interesting that happened in the Oak Park community during the fifties or the sixties. Interesting. So I might want to do a follow up article on it. Yeah. Teaser for all y'all who listen to the Talon podcast. So I just have a question. Is how is this affecting um, college students like in the Sacramento area is because I know in San Francisco they only house students for one year and then it's you're on your own. So now there's like a huge 
increase of homeless college students. Yeah. I mean, I didn't specifically look into college students, but that would definitely be something that I'd be interested in. I know in my own personal experience, one of the things that I look at when I'm looking at colleges is like how much housing costs Yeah. on campus versus off campus. Totally. And yeah, I definitely think there could, well, I know there is a problem with homeless college students because rent or just like owning a house in these cities is just so expensive, especially for someone who's just trying to get an education. Yeah. Sac State, I've heard actually has a very large population of uh, homeless students that I think they're trying to kind of offset that by creating some new student housing. And I feel like Oak Park is far enough away from Sac State to kind of be like the hub for where a bunch of college kids would be coming from. But I think there definitely is a good amount of of kids in that area that are trying to get an education, trying to push their way up into that almost north side of Oak Park. And they're not able to do that because, you know, housing is such a a hard situation. So it would definitely be an interesting topic to go into. But we don't want to give too much of your article away. Kaleo, thank you so much for joining us this week on our uh, talent feature. And make sure to go check out Kaleo's article at cbtalent.com. Hey guys, so it's just Izzy today. That was really awkward, but that's okay. Um, We're talking to our senior class president, one of the painters of the mural. So round of applause for Evie. Hi. (laughs) Say your last name because I cannot pronounce your last name. Okay, it's Evdokia Chiopos. Oh my God, it's so pretty. But it's, well, so you can call me (laughs) Evie. You can call me Daryl. Um... (laughs) Anyway, but mm-hmm. I read your college essay, and it said that you used to live in Greece. I went to um, a Greek public school, and then um, it just wasn't working with me. And so my parents moved me to a Greek-German school for like half a year, and I moved in the second grade to ACS, um, or American Community School, mm-hmm. um, and I transferred to first grade because I didn't know how to write in English or read in English. I just know, I just knew, um, like, from speaking-wise. Um, so when you <coughs> said Greek-German school, what does that mean? It means that we are learning Greek and German. It, obviously, like, regular stuff, you know, math and all that stuff. Um, uh we would like learn to like write paragraphs and stuff and um what else and we were not allowed to speak any other languages i remember i had an english friend there she was actually like british and we would speak in english at moments and then um the these like little greek girls would like tattle tattle on me and my this girl and I would get in trouble and be sent to the principal's office and <laughs> been told to like several times to not speak English. I just did not like that atmosphere. It was very strict and rigid. Uh, it was like very German-like almost. It's, it, was, it was kind of funny. How do the <laughs> cl- language classes compare to like CV language classes and what you had over there? Were they... Like you said, were they more strict or were, did you learn more because it was more strict or how did that come about? Well, it was a really long time ago, but we learned it was like grade school stuff, like learning mus- songs and stuff like that. But um, 
I think it was a lot more um, emphasized because it like Greece was like occupied by Germany in like World War Two, so it kind of it makes sense that there's there's like a lot of um, tutoring. It was like learning Spanish here. It was like people know words, you know, in Spanish. I don't know how to explain it. It was just mm-hmm. you know. So when did you come to America? How long was this time period of being in Greece? I lived in Greece for like eight years. So it was it was like a lot of moving around schools and homes and all that kind of stuff. Do you think that all that moving around kind of helped you with CB and like that like, oh, I've moved here before? Because like for me, it was I moved like for three different states. I went to different schools and... I felt like it was easier to just kind of get into the flow of CB just because I knew that you kind of have to know who you are before you like you can't just play with the crowd. Um, well, yeah, it, it definitely helped me with CB. Uh, transitioning to stuff is always different, although like having experiences and um, trying to, to adapt to other environments definitely helps you. But um, yeah moving around a lot uh you know I have a lot of memories from each place I I don't see myself just staying in one place in my life so it definitely has impacted me um and going to Christian Brothers um was uh different from like middle school which was all all also really different from my like a Catholic private school where it's just one small class like through like nine years kind of thing was totally different or when my sister graduated her from St. Francis I was graduating from middle school and I remember the woman giving a speech about being comfortable with the uncomfortable so I just I just let I just kept on to that into high school because obviously high school is really, really like you have to put yourself out there to like really strive to really go for the best you mm-hmm. have to do stuff that you don't really normally do to do something to transform, you know, like yeah. to, to who you're supposed to be. I don't know. <laughs> no, I totally get that. My freshman year, I was like, nope, got to look perfect, got to look good. And then like literally the story how I met like one of my best friends here is that I tried to be the sporty girl in PE and we were playing football and I just didn't catch the football. And I was like, well, there goes my reputation. So I know that you went from Greece to America. And this past summer, you studied abroad in France. So I was wondering if you could just dive into that, if that was like kind of a reminder in the sense of when you used to live in Europe or was it a completely different experience? When you like you are put into something new, like uh, either like country, like studying abroad uh, moving to a diff- different country, going to a different school, summer school, um, any kind of experiences where you're with other people or another culture, you kind of take on a new identity. Um, like when you, over the summer, you take on a total different identity, no matter where you go. And then you come back to high school or, you know, yeah. And you are kind of different and everybody else is different and there's different um at this different atmosphere i think when you're put into an environment that is initially lonely 
And I think you learn the most about yourself when you're alone. Yeah, definitely. Totally, yeah. Um, Yeah, like, going to France, it was... I felt there's a lot of um, similar things about it to Greece, but it was totally different. I was expecting Greece, like the food, the people, the warmth, but my experience was um, interesting because... um, or it was like not what I expected. What I want to say, because um, the host family that I was had was not like warm and open arms. It was kind of like, oh yeah, you just kind of sleep here. It's like an Airbnb kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And obviously, any anyone's host family, it's just different. It's you know. So don't take my word for it and like get scared to like. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, you kind of it's almost like i'll say this about like moving here mm-hmm. i had to like in greece they do ch- uh something ooh or os for like the like my last name if i were like, living in greece would be chopu not chopos because that's like the feminine part but mm-hmm. here i had to like strip that and take on the male name last name mm-hmm. anyways um what i'm trying to say is like you um become something different in and that leads you to becoming to who you are. Like, it, it's a lot of transformations. I like, get that. You take a new identity in the yeah. sense. You you become more independent. And you realize that, like, oh, heck, I'm doing this alone. I'm in a different country. So you put yourself in experiences that you meet people in. And I think that's really cool to, like, take on to college. So you said that you took on a different identity, a different personality. Would you say that you brought that back to the U.S.? Like that confidence, that independence? You have to fend for yourself when you travel. Um, That's why, you know, you gain a little bit more independence and freedom is because you're in charge of you and your meals. You know, you don't have your mom or dad or grandparents cooking for you. So, um... Yeah, when I I feel like I matured and kind of uh, became when I came back, I felt more stable and and uh, settled within myself is how I would word it because um, I had to make a lot of decisions and I uh, like I the more I li- the the more the weeks passed, the more I like took in my surroundings and and found out what I love, what I dislike. Um, and I would go to like art museums and see all this, these, um, different people and, and, um, so how did you use your newfound confidence in the United States? I feel more comfortable about who I am and, um, I know things about myself that I would have never known we are in charge of a lot of stuff like activities and all that. And we had to come up with ideas and, and deadlines and, um, or make deadlines and, uh, like the mural, the senior class mural, we had to like, uh, brainstorm and come up with ideas for like a couple of weeks to finally get an idea and then actually get the drawing and the design for it. And it wasn't, Last year, I know I would have, like, handled it, like, really sloppily, but this year I kind of 
feel more relaxed. All right. Bye. No, just thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Evie, for talking with me. Uh, I hope you guys know a little bit more about our senior class president. And until next time. Thanks. <laughs> so now we've come to the part of the show where we're going to talk about tunes. Welcome back to Talon Tunes. And we're going to do three different tunes. Let's see how many times I can say tunes. Three different tunes on this segment because all three of us are bringing some music to the table after that discussion. So, Isabella, give us our first Talon Tune. So this talent tune is more of an album, and it's by one of my favorite people. My it's a French rapper. We talked about it. Yeah, um, French rapper. We've yeah, we've been talking about all these different types of music, and uh, we resonated with French rap for some reason. It's just like we just all bond over it, you know. <laughs> so this is Shamai. People call him Shamay, but Miss Wong, it's correct. No, it's in. If you watch his interviews, he <laughs> pronounces it Stramai. Okay, okay. I watch his interviews. Of course, but you his do. real name is um, Paul Van Haven or Haver. It, it's one of those. Mr. Paul Havy is a French <laughs> rapper. Is you didn't know. Lou, get on, get on your, get on our level, okay? <laughs> um, That's why he says brother. In every rap. So this album is called Racine Carré. Okay. And it actually means square root. And if you look at the cover of the album, it has like three-dimensional um square roots oh that's cool yeah so it's like in pink and um i watched his live concert at montreal or vancouver it was somewhere in canada okay and it was like the background of his performance it had the a projection going on yeah and it was like a square root and i didn't realize that until i was watching it and then he kept mentioning in a song or like kept mentioning like square roots so I thought that was really cool. Interesting. Definitely worth a watch. It's on his uh, YouTube channel. Okay. So so what song are we listening to in the background right now as you're talking about this? Uh, we are listening to to Slimem. Okay. Oh, I love that song. I This is all I'd the same. Alphonse. Yes. And if you watch it, um, he definitely breaks a lot of the gender roles. Oh, that's um, cool. He kind of has an androgynous look to him, in my opinion. Hmm. And so in the music video, he um, dresses up as a guy and a girl, and he's explaining like the difference between them and then relating it to that we're all the same. Interesting. That's really cool. And so he's wearing makeup. Like one half of him is like a feminine and wearing makeup, and the other half is like supposed to be masculine him, but it's kind of mm. hard because... Mm -hmm. Has that look? Interesting. All right, now we're gonna stop talking for a second and let you listen to a little bit of that song. What's it called again? Tous le même. Tous le même. All right, so right off the bat, it's the first time I'd heard that song, but I really enjoy the horns piece to it. I think it adds another layer, and you're hearing that a lot in pop music a lot. And it seems like this is definitely part of the pop scene in France. Do you think that's true? Or is he kind of more underground? Uh, he's d actually really popular. Okay. Um, if in his music, Formidable, um, he was supposed to be like drunk and walking around. I mean, it was fake, but it was for the video. Mm -hmm. And people were going up to him or like, are you Shramai? Are you like asking him in oh, the, really? the French way? Right. I should know this, but I don't, can't remember. But yeah, he's actually really popular and all of his shows sell out and he actually stopped making music and said that he was going to stop uh, making it. And everybody was 
very sad about that until he came back a couple months ago and said I don't think I'm done being Shemaya. And I was, my mom and I are very excited about that. <laughs> it's a power move, definitely. That's that's cool, though. But it, it's definitely got that pop vibe to it and something that you could jam to in a car or in your room. Or It's got that versatility to it, which I like. Okay, Izzy, you've been trying to figure out what tune to, fi- to share with us today. But what you got now? I'm not really sure at the moment. But I grew up, do you guys know Nora Jones? Of course. Okay, yes. so... I grew up with her. Like, my mom played her when I was in the womb. Oh. And uh, basically, when I lived in Alabama, we, like, blasted that every single time. So it's, like, kind of, like, I've never listened to the album as, like, a whole. So yeah. um, this last week I did, and it it was it, it was a weird experience. Because, like, I weird? didn't, well... Like, I recognize the songs. And you know when you, like, you know the words, but, like, you're just surprised that you know the words? That's like no doubt. With me, like, I recognize (laughs) the tune, but, like, I I know the words. And I'm like, but I've, like, never listened to this before. It was weird. That is weird. So, yeah. Interesting. Feeling the same way. Nora Jones. Feeling the same way. Let's listen to a little bit of that right now. I try and find the floor below the stairs. I hope I reach it again and I'm feeling the same way all over again feeling the same way all over feeling the same way has got that same vibe as don't know why which is the big hit off of that album that came out in 2002 and I'm the same way like my mom totally played this around the house when I was a kid and it's just one of those very calming soothing type albums that you could throw on in the background while you're having dinner or like doing homework on like a rainy day with a fire like that's just kind of the the vibe that it gives off but it's it's cool because it's one of those albums that is very it sounds similar each song is used with the same instruments and they all kind of kind of come together as one whole body of work which i think is cool whenever i'm anxious i always listen to that album and it really calms me down and it's 10 out of 10 would listen again <laughs> i like it that's cool so my talent tune for this week is brighter days by son holo and bipolar sunshine and it's upcoming off of son holo's first album his debut album called album one and that's actually supposed to come out i think next week sometime sometime in late september but it's really interesting because he's an electronic artist and he started off with very heavier sounding electronic music uh stuff like fly is like a little bit more electronic based but as he's gotten into this kind of as he's released a couple of the singles from this album it's very much more acoustic based i think he's doing a lot of stuff with with guitar which is very interesting and the cool thing about this song is the chorus is warped with a a tape machine so it like runs the audio through tape and then you kind of like mess with a couple knobs and it gives it that warp effect but let me play a little bit of it for you this is brighter days by son holo and bipolar sunshine
Jack song. <laughs> this really is. I mean, Jack is very different from us because I feel like Izzy and I just listen. Like, oh, this is a cool song. But Jack, like, gets into it. Like, he was able, I mean, again, it he looked this like up. But he, like, 20 minutes yeah. to find a song. <laughs> it's true. I but he look looked this up, up and was like, oh, well, this chorus has, like, a tape recorder. But he was able to distinguish that there's something different about this song, which I think is really, like, it also sounds like it would be playing at H&M or Urban or That's a good call. all yeah. those places. Yeah, I think so. I, like, think I feel like I can go walk in and be like, oh, yeah, I'm just picking <laughs> out my clothing. And like Zara. And if you hi, can. welcome to Zara. How can we help you? You good? <laughs> okay, thank you. So those were our three talent tunes this week. If you enjoyed them, make sure to check out links in the description. This isn't YouTube. I mean, the show notes. You can find them in the show notes and also... We now have a Gmail. We're at talenttalkpodcast at gmail.com. And we'd love to know what kind of music you guys are listening to. And then maybe we do like a Talent Talk segment of our listeners' music. And we kind of talk about them and, you know, add fun input. So shoot us an email and we'd love to get in touch. And that about wraps up this week's episode of the podcast. Girls, thanks for giving me your tunes. I really enjoyed that. (laughs) Make sure to shoot us an email over at talenttalkpodcast at gmail.com check out old episodes subscribe to us on iTunes anything else I think we got it I'm Jack I'm, I'm Isabella <laughs> I think that works that was that was quite nice Jinx uh, you owe each other a soda okay okay for real I'm Isabella I'm Izzy and this has been Talent Talk Talk